What is up, everyone? I'm Ryan from Fireside Yankees, and I'm joined here today by my amazing co-host, Nick. Nick, how are you doing today, my friend? We got some non-roster invites to talk about. Yankees dropped them today, and uh, quite frankly, I know that this is, sounds like something that shouldn't be quote-unquote exciting, but we need Yankee news, number one. And number two, Yankee baseball is right around the corner. I couldn't be more excited. Nick, talk to me about how you're doing, and talk to me how excited you are with spring training right around the corner. I mean, Ryan, <clears throat> I think you know how excited I am. I'm losing my mind over here. It's like a state of euphoria. We're getting so close. Pitchers and catchers report next week. So we're right on the cusp of actual baseball activity happening. And no more will we have to continue to talk about the 2022 season and projections for 2023 and what we expect out of guys and who can make a jump or who could be impactful. And say so we could actually look at people playing, look at people throwing, like the pitchers throwing, catchers framing, working with Tanner Swanson and Matt Blake. And then also we could just dive into actual like PPIs and stuff as John Boy loves to do them, where it's like we could look at different position groups and dive into what we expect out of them, how, think, how we think spring training will impact their overall role on the roster, and which guys we think will make the jump. So it's going to be, it's, it's an exciting time. I mean, this is right, like you said, right around the corner. <clears throat> Baseball is finally here. Um, we have Super Bowl Sunday this Sunday. Then from that point on, it's baseball season, baby. So I'm, I'm just ready. I can't wait. This is a fun episode today. We're not going to talk about all 29 guys because, I mean, that's a, a long-ass episode if we did that. But we'll, we'll dive into a couple of them. I know you got a couple you're looking at. I got a couple I'm looking at. Um, shout out to the birthday boy, Jason Dominguez, for being named one of the 29 NRIs as well, which is crazy. Finally, we're seeing the young guns get caught up and get a shot. I feel like it's been years since we've seen like this deep of a like young talent pool being called up for the NRI. Like we usually see a lot of aging veterans that the Yankees just decide to give shots to and see if they can make the roster. But this year it looks a little bit different. So I'm excited to talk to you, man. I'm doing really well. Um, I just I can't wait for baseball, dude. We're so close. And then the WBC starts next month. So we're getting yeah. even closer to that too. Yeah, we're going to get the uh, final rosters for that at nine. So, uh, you know, yeah, we're going to have some, uh, we're going to know exactly who's playing and who's not, which will be fun. Uh, go DR, by the way. Uh, but looking at the I'm NRIs. Going with Japan, baby. New hey, Bart, uh, WBC MVP. We're, we are in different brackets. So if, if we meet up, it'll have to be in the final, which I'm, I'd be pretty excited about. DR and Japan would be a pretty dope final. I know, uh, dude. I don't want to just be the classic patriot, like, let's go America. Because, I mean, I want to root for someone, like, you know, a little bit, like, a little bit under the radar. Yeah, good-ass team, bar. fun team to watch as well. And Lars is the man. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen the movie Lars and the Real Girl. Great movie with Ryan Gosling. It's a classic. Everyone out there that's listening, you should watch. But an unrelated to Lars Nupar. But, uh... No, I don't know, dude. Just baseball is in the air, man. It's like it's like you know, spring's in the air, baseball is yeah. in the air. Yeah, you know, like I, it, it's fun. The snow's kind of melting up here in Binghamton too, so that's how you know, man. We're we're right there. But you know, kind of getting into this NRI list here, you know, obviously the prospects that are on the list. You mentioned Jason Dominguez, Austin Wells is on here, Anthony Volpe is on here, Anthony Siegler's on here. Who you know, former first round pick is kind of. St- in the minor leagues hasn't played poorly necessarily but it's like it's either injuries or just not being impressive enough with a bat like last year he showed off a really good eye but just not a ton of power maybe he climbs to double a this year he's not old per se but he's not too young either it, it, i guess we, the way i like to put this is 
I feel like this is a big year for Siegel. I think this is kind of the last year he has uh, to really prove himself uh, as a major league uh, caliber uh, player at some point in his future. You know, if he's a great defensive catcher, he's going to be able to go out there and, and give the Yankees, um, you know, some sort of value down the road. I know he's pretty versatile. I know he's like a switch thrower, too, if I'm not mistaken, alongside being a switch hitter. I might be wrong about that. Dexterous action. Yeah, he's uh, he's full ambi, bro. So full, uh, full ambi, bro. <laughs> he's uh, he's pretty interesting. Uh, but you know, I'm you have to see Jesus Bastidas. Yeah, like, he was a, wasn't he our second round pick last year? No, Bastidas was a, you know, he's been the organization a while. He's one of those in the field guys. He's like, how do I put it? There are just some guys. That, Who am I thinking? Who's the other Oregon guy we drafted last year? Oh, Bastidas. Anthony Hall. Anthony Thank Hall. You, Anthony I love Hall. Anthony Hall. I'm an idiot. But either way, nah, you're good. We got, we got, we got lots of names on this list that I'm excited about, dude. Oh God. Including some, some possible Renaissance guys like Matt Bowman, Cardinals legend, Jake Bowers, Guardians legend and Rays legend briefly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a fun list to look at. Like, we just recently signed Ian Hamilton as well to a minor league deal. He got the NRI. Um, and then the, the two big ones for me that I'm going to really be paying attention to are Rafael Ortega and Willie Calhoun. Because Willie Calhoun, I don't know why I think this, but I think something is going to click this year, and he will be featured somewhat prominently on the roster. Granted, he's a terrible defender, so I don't think he's going to be playing a lot of defense. But if Stanton gets injured and we have to call up another guy to kind of supplement those DH at-bats, don't be shocked if it's Willie Calhoun. And if he has a great spring, too, woo-hoo, I love it, dude. 21 home runs in 2019. I mean, and he only played like 100 like games, like 80 games. Like, the dude's got pop. He's got power. Great swing plane. I don't know, man. I'm just excited to dive into this list more, as you can see. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think when we're talking about uh, the Yankees going to next year, you mentioned that Ortega, um, you know, uh, wow, my brain just fried. Uh, Willie Calhoun battle here. You know, th- I think there's a legitimate shot one of those two guys make the roster. You know, again, I've talked about this. We, we you know, we, we uh, exchanged a little bit of uh, some uh, Rafael Ortega, Aaron Hicks, the uh, beautiful picture. of Time uh, for the, change. Yes, it's a platoon for change, folks. A platoon <laughs> for change. But in all seriousness, you know, the Yankees could definitely use uh, bats in the outfield. You know, if one of those two emerge, we've seen those guys have good offensive seasons before. You know, they're not particularly super old. So it's not like we're talking about like guys in the, th- in the age 35, 36 season where you can't squeeze one good run against right-handed pitching out of them. Uh, so they'll be interesting to see. That also depends on how, you know, guys like Isaiah kiner falefa how long he stays on the team. Like, is he going to get traded? Does he stay with them uh, during the regular season? Like, what, what does that situation look like? And then I think the two guys that you and I have both talked about extensively on this podcast, in articles, time and time again on Twitter, these are two guys who have kind of been our narrative guys, right? You know, going into the 2023 season, these are two guys that we're looking for to, you know, make a big jump at the AAA level, kind of push themselves onto the 40-man roster. And they're both, they both play positions that you would say could be considered question marks for the Yankees. Elijah Dunham and Andre Shaparo have kind of there been... Guys who have performed well at every level they've played at post-pandemic in the minor leagues, and despite the fact that they don't really grade well, you know, in terms of, you know, prospect rankings, you're not going to see them in the top 10 of a Yankee prospect ranking. You're not going to see them on a top 100 list, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. These are both guys who could potentially be uh, pretty good major leaguers, right? For Shaparo, he has a better bat than Dunham, but Dunham's definitely more defensively viable, right? Shaparo has the risk of and just straight up the wheels to go with right. There's, there's a legitimate uh, fear that Shaparo could not be able to play third base. It might be just a first base DH type of guy. And with Dunham, there are concerns that maybe he's not going to be as good of a hitter at the major league level. But I think we can both agree here. 
you know, we've seen the Trey Ambergies of the world, the Hoy Parks of the world, those type of guys who, you know, they become kind of fan favorites in the minor leagues. They're at, they play a position that the Yankees are struggling at, and they come up and they get a shot. You know, they're, they, I've, seen, I've seen lesser known prospects turn out to be significantly more productive major league players than what I think either of us would be expecting from Dunham or Shapiro going into this year. Uh, but kind of take us through your, your uh, enthusiasm with Dunham and what you would like to see from him in this spring training. I mean, Big Cheese got the call. That's what we love to see, dude. This is the man. This is the guy. Eli, uh, Eli Fishman favorite as well. He was a beast at Somerset. The dude just oozes that swagger and that Yankee mentality as well. He plays with the chip on his shoulder, plays with tons of energy and charisma. I genuinely think he could be a big impact player for this team. He's also a lefty hitter, pulls the ball a lot, but not a ton. And each year, his pull percentage has gone down, which may seem like, oh, what are you doing, dude? You got to be a pull hitter if you want to be a lefty in Yankee Stadium. But also, to be a professional hitter, the best ones are the ones that can hit the ball to every part of the, uh, every part of the outfield, every part of the stadium. Um, and that's what makes Elijah Dunham a guy that I'm really excited to watch. I do worry a bit about his bat transitioning to the major league level. Um, each level he's won up through in the minor leagues from low A, high A, double A last year. His WRC Plus and OPS have dropped a bit, but that's kind of expected. When you face better pitching, you're not going to be as good. And I kind of will stand and die on this hill. I truly believe the best and most talented players in a lot of player in a lot of teams' farm systems are in Double A because Triple A you have a lot of those journeyman guys, a lot of those older guys signed to minor league deals that are depth pieces, a lot of guys that are over the hill, some prospects that aren't panning out but are 27, 28. Whereas in Double A, it's a lot of the young guns that are like this guy could be a legitimate beast for this team in a year or two, and if he has a good season in Double A, he would be immediately be escorted at the Triple A. So that's why I liked seeing Dunham perform well at Double A. Um, I do think that him being able to play all three outfield spots as well as a little bit of first base, just a little smidgen, does do well for him going on to the roster going forward. Um, like I said, lefty bat, he's only about six feet tall, so he, you wouldn't expect him to be that big of a power hitter, but he is. He's a pretty good power hitter as well. Um, like I said earlier in the episode, great power speed combination. I think he's a guy that if he were to be given 500 plate appearances, not saying that he is, he could be a legitimate 2020 player. Um, with that, I, I do think that he's one of those guys that I have my eye on more than Ortega and Calhoun because of the fact that he's young and he hasn't had a shot yet. Calhoun and Ortega both have had their shot and they were brought over as guys that the Yankees are hoping to get some more juice out of. But Dunham, he needs to get an opportunity, dude. You know, I think you agree with me with Shaparo, and I'll switch it back over to you in a second. Like Dunham and Shaparo are the two guys you said, and they're the two guys that we've had a narrative ball about for some time now. And they're two guys that legitimately deserve a shot. Dunham, I think, is coming in around the 12 to 18 rank in a lot of Yankees prospect lists. And I believe Shaparo's kind of around that same kill as well. Maybe a little bit behind. Sometimes he's making it in the 20s. But that's solely because there are questions about his defense. But I don't know, man. It's just this, this whole group of players is a nice mix. And that's what I like about it. There's a lot of young guys, a lot of old veterans that could have some more juice left in the tank. And there's some pitchers as well that we could see in an extensive role this season. Because of the fact that pitching always is something that the Yankees prioritize having depth in. I know they don't have the most stacked farm system in terms of pitching prospects. But a lot of the guys like Matt Crook, has got, I believe Matt Crook got in the call, didn't he as well? On the 40 man, so he wouldn't need to be a non-roster oh, invite. But he will but be one featured. Guy, yeah, I wish that they had added Carson Coleman, our guy, um, to the NRIs. But I guess it's like, hey, let's see what you do in another full season of AA as the full-time closer. And you'll get to call the AAA. Maybe you get a call up to the major leagues so we have injuries. So I'll flip it back over to you to kind of dive more into uh, Shaparo, but I don't know, man. Big Cheese is a guy that a lot of people should become fans of. 
like you said, the Trey Ambergies, the Mike Talkmans, even a little while back to go even further, Ben Gamel. Like, we've had a lot of outfielders that have kind of made their niche name as a fan favorite for the team. And I feel like Dunham could easily take that role as a fan favorite. People would yeah. love watching him play. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, if you look at his postseason and regular season cumulative numbers, he had an 806 OPS. He was a monster in the postseason, like a lot of double-A guys were for the Yankees. And the, uh, the Somerset Patriots rolled through the postseason that year. Jason um, Dominguez single-handedly said, hold my beer. Yeah, he, uh, he just he <laughs> no, was actually, so no, he can't say that because he's only 19 at the time. He well, said, yeah, hold he... my mocktail. <laughs> yeah, dude, the way I look at the way I look at these, uh, you know, younger guys that we're going to get C featured, I don't think any of us here are saying, you know, Shapiro's going to make the major league team. Dunham's going to make the major league team, you know, out of camp. That's not going to happen. But what, we're gonna, is what we like about it, dude. Right. And what we'd like to see is, you know, just seeing progression, you know, seeing how they look against, you know, better competition. As you mentioned, you know, double A is the biggest jump. That's the first time you face major league competition. Um, so definitely going to be excited to see how Shaparo and Dunham either A, work their way into triple A, perhaps with a really good spring, or B, just being able to watch them play. It's not every day you get to watch, you know, on Yes Network, you, you know, prospects like that play. You'll never know how long they'll be in the organization for. You don't know if you're going to get to see them ever play for the Yankees in general. So uh, that's always interesting. That reality. But, you know, you mentioned uh, pitching, right? The Yankees are a team that simply, I mean, they, they are a factory of pitching, right? That's just, that's just how they are. Um, and when you look at some of the guys they put onto the roster, you mentioned Matt Bowman, who has a very unique fastball because it's more of a sinker than anything else and a pretty hard cutter. His cutter's as hard, if not a little bit harder than his four-seam fastball. And that's kind of interesting. You usually don't see that. Usually it's the other way around. So mm-hmm. that should be an interesting arm to look at. Big ground ball guy. Um, you know, not a, a guy, lift, though, so I know you're not a big fan of his, I'm a fan because he gets ground balls. I'm a fan of ground. Ball. If you get wait ground minute, balls, what about our Brad hand propaganda that you hate does Brad not Hayes? get Brad ground, balls. ground balls. He does not, not anymore. This last okay. year did not get ground balls, but <laughs> there is a lefty that the Yankees did bring onto the roster who I think is very interesting. And that's DJ Snelton. And you might go, why should I be interested in a 31 year old reliever who hasn't pitched in major league baseball or professional baseball since 2018? And the answer to that question is because Driveline, this was two years ago, so you know I'm not sure how updated this is, but there are more reports after or more tweets after regarding Snelton, you know, year year or two later, saying that he's still touching 100. This dude has touched 100 before. He went from go, sitting 89 uh, in 2018 to just huge jump in velocity. Also, big ground ball guy, right? I think you and I can agree. Uh, look, I, I know that this is kind of trivial and this is kind of a stupid way to look at things from like, or it sounds like a stupid way to look at things, but this is actually a pretty legit, like, this is a pretty analytical way to look at it. If the dude comes out of camp throwing 98, 99 and touches 100, I'm sorry, we're going to be talking about him all spring, right? We saw us with Lucas Litke back in 2021, comes out of nowhere in spring, just throws some nasty curveballs, and lo and behold, He's on the roster, right? And he becomes, and he's a Yankee for two years, and he has a sub three ERA for those two years. Maybe not a high leverage guy, but he was still valuable to this team. Oh, he was unheralded hero, Lucas. Lee. Absolutely. So you know, we have a folk legend Ryan Weber as well. You know, just an absolute stud. Yeah, actually pitched uh, when he pitched against the Rays. I was at that game. That was the first time I saw the Yankees win in about a decade in person. So love Ryan Weber. And even um, last last season, we had Hayden Weshneski literally threw himself on the top of their Yankees prospect list because of his slider. He had the yeah. most disgusting slider like anyone's ever seen. And it was just like on repeat on every baseball page you could imagine. And that basically propelled him up prospect lists. He was a great pitcher, don't get me wrong, but that put him on the map where people are like, oh, this guy's got stuff for days. And then the Yankees were able to use that leverage into a great season that he had as well and traded him for Scott Efros, which granted, it hasn't worked out right now because Efros had Tommy John. 
But who knows? Efros could be a staple in this bullpen for years to come, and that's because Hayden Weshneski made a name for himself in spring training. Higashioka forced himself as the starting catcher for the first month and a half because he had a better spring training than everyone else in baseball. So, like, spring means something, you know? It's a big, it's a good showcase for a lot of these guys. And for the older guys, like Ortega, Calhoun that we mentioned, um, Snelton as well, it's going to be a chance for that Matt Bowman. It's going to be a chance for them to say, hey, I still have what it takes to be on the Major League roster, and I can contribute to your team doing well. Um, I, I don't know why I'm so excited for Willie Calhoun, but Willie Calhoun is... It's, it's just something about the way he plays baseball that gets me excited. It's like this dude could be a legitimate monster hitter for the Yankees. And even if they used him in a limited capacity, it's nice to have that depth. The only thing I do wonder with a lot of these guys is will a lot of them accept the optioning to minor leagues if they don't make the roster or will they elect for free agency to test the market? So that's what it's just spring training is such a fun time to watch a lot of these guys that you don't get to watch a lot. Um, like another guy, Josh Bro, the true 70, 80 grade power catcher that the Yankees have had in AAA for some time now, he may get a shot. Like, I, I don't know. I know I do worry about his swing and misses. He doesn't have a lot of it. He's basically Mike Zunino 2.0, but not as good defensively. But who knows? Maybe Bro can make a jump for himself. There's so many talented players that are coming to spring this year that it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited because I'm going to be able to go to spring training and represent ESM and Fireside Yankees. I'm going to try to get some interviews with players and personnel. Going to get a lot of footage of different guys warming up, doing bullpen, doing batting cages. It's just spring training is, in my opinion, it's, it's so fun to go watch because, one, it's a much more relaxed, casual environment. And, two, it's just fun to watch all these guys. Like, so many of these guys you'll never get to watch a lot of the time. And like you said earlier, you don't even know if they'll ever make it into pinstripes. So why not go out there and take a shot now? Like, Jason Dominguez getting a call to the NRI as an NRI is huge. Because now you know every game at George Steinbrenner Field in uh, Clearwater, Florida, is going to be sold out because they're going to be wanting to watch the Martian play, even if it's yeah. in a limited two at bat capacity. And one thing to uh, look at, you know, when we're talking about some of the top prospects, right? You know, the guy who really has the best chance to make the roster here is clearly Anthony Volpe, right? Like you wouldn't say, like Jason Dominguez is not making the roster opening day. No. Austin Wells is not making the roster opening day. But what Anthony Volpe can do in spring, it could be very exciting. Number one, he's not on the 40-man. He has to force himself on the 40-man. So uh, that, that's something he could do. And like then number IKF two, spot. right, uh, you know, the Yankees, you know, if he starts playing, if you notice, you know, we are three weeks into spring training, two weeks into spring training even, and Volpe's consistently playing either shortstop or second base with the starters, you got to sit back and say, are the Yankees going to start Anthony Volpe? Right? Like, they're not going, he's not going to be playing, he's not going to be taking Oswald Peraza's reps or Glaber Torres' reps or Josh Donaldson's reps or DJ Lemayhu's reps if he's, uh, you know, two weeks or three weeks into spring training with a couple of days or a couple of weeks until the season starts if he's not going to get a legitimate shot to make the Major League team. I exactly. think that we're going to get a lot of, we're going to know very early on whether Volpe is going to make this team or not. We're going to know in week two, I think. I think in, in week two of spring training, we're going to have a pretty damn good clue as to what's going on with Volpe. And I think that's the most exciting part here, right? Volpe going out there and having a great spring. And could you imagine, he go, like, J-Rod. J-Rod, that's how he got himself onto the spring training team. A lot of people were like, you know, probably going to keep him in AAA for you. That's a smart move, the right Jeremy move. Jeremy Pena, Stephen Kwan, they did the same thing. Right, and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, man, no, Anthony Volpe's Julio Rodriguez. That's not fair. That's not a fair comparison. As prospects, like, we, we both know that's not a fair comparison. But the, the point more so here is that, I mean, good God, could you just imagine Anthony Volpe having that exciting spring, having that level of spring training? Exciting and times, then, dude. Right, making, him, making his way onto the team. 
And just like Jeter did in 96, a team that was also in a World Series drought that extended over 10 years, being at the top of that lineup on opening day, could you, you could, you could, you can imagine, like, you can, you can, can put, it, I'm getting chills talking about this. You know what like I mean? I imagine viewers. The first time we can actually believe in these right. prospects that they're going to get a fair shot from opening day. And it's like, we haven't seen that in a couple years now with the Yankees. The last time we've seen a rookie, this like an exciting rookie get extended playing time at the major league level is Glaber Torres and, and Miguel Andujar, right? And, and that was some of the, like, when that, that 2018 team, if it was not for the fact that 2018 Red Sox had to play like the best team of the decade. That team would have been. That team probably goes to the World Series and wins it, right? Like, don't remind me of JD and Mookie ever again. That 2018 team was legitimately one of the more fun teams the Yankees put together, and one of the best, like one of the most complete teams that that they've ever put together. That is a really good roster, right? Yep. And looking at this year, looking at Oswald Peraza, I'm looking at Anthony Volpe, I'm looking at Oswaldo Cabrera, I'm looking at Austin Wells during the summer. I'm looking at Elijah Dunham. If we need to, I'm looking at Andre Shapiro. If we need to, I'm looking at the double A team. Some Everson of the young Pereira arms they have in well. there. Everson Pereira. Yes, absolutely. I'm looking at these guys. And I'm saying to myself, the Yankees really have a shot to rechange, to change how this roster looks dramatically, not just in spring training, not just on opening day, not just in May. That rhyme. That was a, that was a rhyme. Those are bars, but in the summer and most importantly in the postseason. I don't know. That, that's kind of my final thoughts here on spring training in the sense of like, you know, there are a lot of veterans to look at, sure, but it's that it, the storyline with Anthony Volpe, it's perfect. The dude can go out there and win the job, and that's just – I get chills thinking about it. But, Nick, I'd love to hear your final thoughts or just kind of uh, wrap us up here on the spring training invites because I know that I've rambled for a while here. No, that, you, you hit the nail on the head, dude. Like, like, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it's a nice mix that we have. For the first time in a while, there's no like, oh, God, we got to watch Jay Bruce and Chris Carter's in spring training. And now it's like, let's watch all these youngsters and all these guys that could potentially be making a name for themselves and want to make a name for themselves in pinstripes. So I, I just I, I think it's going to be a really exciting time. I believe Bastidas is why I messed up earlier saying that he was like the Oregon prospect. I believe he's the Yankees' top second base prospect in their system. Um, I could be mistaken on that, but the Yankees don't have a lot of true second basemen. They've got a lot of guys that are shortstop that can move over, shortstop that can play third. Volpe probably will end up playing second base. But, like, the thing is, is that this is the time where it's like all these guys could legitimately make a name and make a jump because of how much uncertainty is surrounding this Yankees' current squad. Like, outside of, I'll, I'll go off on a limb here and say, outside of right field, first base, and center field, every position's kind of up in the air. Like, I know catcher is going to be Trevi starting, and it should be because he's the GOAT, the greatest defender in baseball. But the Yankees do want to have another catcher that has some offensive upside. So maybe we see Higashioka dealt later this season, and they elect to call up Wells or go with even Ben Rortbet, who may be a hologram. Maybe Josh Bro makes a jump and just says, fuck it, I just hit 20 home runs in 100 games. Give me the September call-up. So I don't know, dude. That's why I love spring training, because you get to see these guys on the national stage, more or less, for a limited showcase, and a lot of them take that and run with it. So like, we, like you said, you got Julio Rodriguez. I said Stephen Kwan, Jeremy Pena. A lot of these guys, even MJ Melendez and Bobby Witt for the Royals, they basically said, look, I'm here to stay. Put me on your roster because I just did what I did in spring training, and the hype is, the surrounding me is insane. It's real, and I'm going to go out there and show that it's real. So that's why I think it's just a fun time to watch. Um, I hope Dunham absolutely smokes the cover off the baseball. So the Yankees are have to be like, you know what? Fuck it. You're 24, going to be 25. We'll give you it. We'll just put you on the roster now. Do I think it'll happen? No. But it's that hope. It's that chance. It's that little sliver of like potential 
like chaos where the Yankees could have four or five guys on the roster that are basically bench pieces or on, in terms of the offensive side of things that are bench pieces or starters that are going to be under 25 years old. And we haven't seen that in a long time with this Yankees organization. So I'm excited, dude. It's just going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's, there's so many guys that I'm going to have my eye on this spring. It's just going to be – I wish – I one thing I do wish is that Yes Network, you know, broadcasted every spring game because I don't see why they couldn't. But I think we get, what, like 15 spring games this year on Yes Network or something like that? 12, 15? Uh, for spring training? Yeah, the ones that are going to be shown on Yes. Oh, I'm not sure what the schedule looks like. Uh, I don't know if they released that. I'll double check. Like a, I, I think it's like a dozen games or something. Because they put it out, and it's like not every game, of course. Yeah. It's a lot of the home games, which makes sense. But also, it's like, why couldn't you do every game? Whatever. The way I look um, at it is that all I care about is we get stat cast feeds. I need yep. all stat cast feeds in every park we play in. Last year, and this has been, I was a big Waldachuk guy. Waldachuk's only outing was a non-stat cast ballpark, and I was in freaking shambles about it. If you are a floor, if you are a spring training team who does not have TrackMan installed in your stadium, there's something wrong with you. We need that TrackMan data, man. It's going to be so fun, especially when we're talking about pitchers, right? We're talking about pitchers. We, we need that velocity, pitch shape, all that stuff. It's important to, t- you know, what if a guy comes out in spring training, one of the guys that are established on the team, comes out with a new slider next year, right? We won't be able to know. You know, we may be able to say, oh, there's some differences. We won't know for sure. And that's what we want to know, for sure. You know what I mean? Like kind of what the changes are and all that. But this spring training, if you guys want to be kept up, up to date with everything going on, whether it's down in Florida or whether it's up here in New York, for giving, uh, giving you guys some of the information post games, we are going to be the spot you need to go to. Fireside Yankees, we're going to have, as Nick mentioned, we're going to have some people down there. Nick himself, you know, Nick is going to do a great job representing ESM. And then, of course, we're going to have our daily episodes. Plenty of stuff to talk about coming up and plenty of excitement. Another guy we got to watch and look forward to, Yankee legend, minor league legend, Billy McKinney is back, baby. I totally forgot. Billy the kid. He he was in the Jay Happ trade, right? If I'm not mistaken. He was. And there are also, names, I think he was man. in Milwaukee for a bit, and then he fell off last year in Oakland. Mets, but hey, Milwaukee. Everyone sucks in Oakland. Yeah, Mets, Milwaukee, Dodgers. I'm forgetting the other team. Blue, Blue Jays. Jays. Blue, Blue Jays. Jays, yes. But, hey, man, this I think this spring training is full of enough, like, you know, class, like, just Yankee minor league guys, just some guys. Yeah. And then oh, some actually good ben veterans. for some fun. Yeah, some actually, like. Am, dude, give Miggy an NRI. That would be actually pretty funny. I would I would be on board for Miguel and Duhar NRI. That'd be really funny. But uh, end of the day, this is an exciting you know this is an exciting time to be a baseball fan. Baseball's almost back, uh, and you know again, if you guys want to keep being updated on Yankee news, you guys know to check us out at Fireside Yankees on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the YouTube page here, and did I mention Facebook? I mentioned Facebook. Facebook. Throw on Facebook there. MySpace is uh, we're working on it, but yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys in the next video. So we can have a page. Yeah, we need a page. We need a MySpace page. We'll see you guys in the next video. You guys want to follow us on Twitter at Ryan Garcia ESM and at Nick 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 Nielsen ESM underscore. We'll see you guys in the next video. Peace out.